0: Block Talk Radio. Welcome
1: to Aging Younger with David and Stephanie Tippy, founders of the Anti-Aging Clinic in Lauderhill, Florida, where the alternatives matter. Now here are your hosts, David and Stephanie Tippy.
2: Welcome to our listeners, Aging Younger Radio. This is Stephanie Tippy. David is on assignment. Uh, I would like to thank all of our global listeners to making us uh, become more and more worldwide recognized. We are approaching, fast approaching 130,000 global listeners, and it is a big thank you to all of you and to the Blog Talk Radio staff for putting us as feature hosts. I have two very exciting guests with me this evening. But before I bring them in or mention their names, I'd like I'd like to just say that I know for a fact that we all want to be happy. But the question is, how do we go about finding happiness? Tonight, joining Aging Younger Radio is director Ted Nicolau and cast member Asha to share. For all of you to hear firsthand an astonishing insider's look at what it is like to live in a place that manifests a productive, sustainable, and collaborative, compassionate, happy lifestyle. That being said, welcome, Ted, and welcome, Asha, and welcome Finding Happiness
1: Thank you Stephanie it's
0: nice to be here. Thank you Stephanie also it's very nice to be here.
2: Well let me tell you this is I've been uh, since this you the two of you were introduced to me through your publicist and I had the opportunity to view the film I was very excited about bringing you on the radio on the program because this is a a topic that is so much needed, so many people don't know how to resonate with happiness, and and there's reasons for it, and they, they, there's deep-rooted reasons, and I'm sure, Asha, you're going to be able to address those questions when we uh, get more deeper into the interview, but finding happiness is a very unusual docudrama for the people who, ha- who are listening and who haven't read what I put out on the web. It is a it's a, it's a docudrama. It's a film. It's a and it's a true story. And it's also fiction at the same time, right?
1: Okay, that's right. Yes.
2: So, so you've got three components in one film. How did you, Ted Nicolau, find yourself? Becoming the director of such an awesome project, uh,
1: I was very fortunate uh, in the way it worked out i was basically my background has been more in kind of fantasy films and children 's films and vampire movies and uh, but in the past ten or twelve years i 've been doing a lot of producing and directing documentaries for The uh, Disney Company, you know, their behind-the-scenes kind of documentaries about their classic films. Uh, It turns out that Swami Kriyananda was a big fan of Walt Disney. And when I was introduced to him, basically my friend, the producer of the film, Roberto Bessi, had... gotten in contact with Swami when uh, I think a few years ago Swami decided he wanted to try uh, producing some movies that would kind of get the Ananda message out into the world and Roberto thought of me as a as a good potential person who could kind of resonate nicely with the uh, people of Ananda and with swami and so after a long process of kind of meeting um, uh, several of swami's um you know helpers. I was kind of uh, brought in to meet Swami and finally given approval to kind of talk to him about what I thought we could do with his movie. Uh, the the documentary, docudrama kind of quality of the film came about because basically uh, we started out thinking it was going to be a documentary, and Roberto Bessi, our producer, suggested, very rightly so, that in order for an audience to kind of... Uh, travel through the movie in the way that we really want them to, it would be best to provide a character that would be kind of uh, their surrogate as they go on this journey into Ananda. So we came up with the character of Juliet, the journalist, who was sort of skeptical and a little bit reluctant to uh, undertake her assignment. And that's kind of how it came about. And then the rest was basically... Determining that what we really wanted to do was let the people of the community speak for themselves and tell us the story and create kind of a self-portrait of the community of Ananda. And with the help of Elizabeth Rome, our uh, actress who played Juliet, and with the help of Asha, who's our guest here today too, uh, we came up with kind of the, the plan for shooting. And it was basically just a a very risky venture to enter into a movie with no script but somehow <laughs> we we made it through we were guided through it
2: so uh, all the, the 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 questions that juliet asked as the reporter because she she was she the fiction part was she worked for a magazine she was sent on assignment to do mm-hmm. an article on the spiritual community ananda and all those questions they were not scripted
1: the questions were kind of outlined and mapped out. Every day at the beginning of a shoot day, Asha and I would sit down with kind of the, we we knew the subjects that we wanted to cover. We didn't know quite what order they were going to be in in the grander scheme of the film, but within each scene we would go, okay, we want to talk about this and this and this, or the people who were going to speak would tell, give us their, What they would like to say. And then Asha would take that and refine it. And then Asha and I would sit down and shape that so that each scene would sort of have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And then the questions were kind of predetermined. (coughs) But then when we were shooting, uh, Elizabeth would kind of take it upon herself to kind of follow the conversation and ask other questions, too.
2: Well, that was her, with within her own personal transformation, which leads me, Asha. Did you ever think that in your wildest dreams that you would be pr- producing a film <laughs> and actually uh, starring? Because you have a lead role in this film. Did you ever think this would happen to you?
0: Well, I've been with Ananda since I was in my early twenties, and. I've done so many things I never expected to do. I mean, I've had such a an interesting life um, that, in that sense, wow! Well, look, just one more thing. But on the other on the other hand, no, I never thought about it. I discovered that I I just adore filmmaking. If I didn't already have a life, I would like try to create another one. But uh, I just love the medium. It has so much potential. It and the way you know, as Ted described, the way we did it was just so dynamic and so from the heart and uh, I give all credit to him you know the way he he could visualize it and pulled it together afterwards it was just everything we'd hoped to say no it was risky and none of us involved I mean we had Ted's a real professional and uh, Elizabeth's a real professional actress everyone else in the movie is just folk people just who've been living their lives in a certain way in this community of Ananda with you know meditation and Right thinking, at the core of it, and people just, as Ted said, they just spoke from their hearts, and this, the, the, these are people who walk their talk, and it, and they were able to put that across, and that's really powerful. The way it went. Actually, it works. You, you
2: said that you have a life. What, what is your life in Ananda?
0: Um, I came to. I met Swami Kriyananda, who's the leader of Ananda. I met him when in 1969 i was 22 and i was already i was already really concerned about what i was going to do with the rest of my life it was the hippie era so i was i had already dropped out of college and i was kind of you know just bumming around a little bit but i was very seriously concerned about how i was going to find a meaningful life cuz i did not resonate with much that was going on around me so when i met swami kriyananda he just had this beautiful heart and this brilliant mind and this fantastic vision of uh, community Um, at a time when people were thinking in terms of alternatives and perceiving already a lot of the potential difficulties that society was heading for. And Kriyananda had this thought that small communities were the answer, to a great deal of what ails us, both individually and as a society. And I didn't have the vision, but I had a lot of um, commitment to him as my spiritual teacher. And I just jumped in to the first Ananda community where this movie was filmed. And at that point, it was a grand experiment. And now all these years later, it's like a proven fact. And my part of it has been, from the beginning, um, Swamiji had me helping others to understand meditation and the spiritual teaching. And I, so I, I've done a lot of meeting with new people and helping them understand. I've, I helped found that community. And then 25 years ago now, my husband and I came down to the Palo Alto area and we founded another community and a teaching center here. I've traveled in Europe and in Asia and offered these teachings to people who are interested everywhere. Um... That's the tip of the iceberg. It's been really, really interesting. <laughs> it's just been just what I'd hoped. I'm old enough so, now to be able to say, wow, that worked. <laughs> are you in Palo Alto? Yeah, I live in Palo Alto, California. I've been here for a long time.
2: I, 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 used, we,
0: uh-huh.
2: I used to Go travel ahead. there but on business. It's beautiful in uh-huh. Palo
0: Alto. But the community of, Ana, of Ananda is not in Palo Alto, is it? Oh, there. See, there's nine Ananda communities in the world, and there is one, yes, right here in Palo Alto, and we have a temple here, or right, right, actually at the edge of the Stanford campus, right here, not on campus, but right near it. And there's a community in Portland, uh, two communities in the Portland area, and one in Seattle, Sacramento, and then we're in Europe, in the C.C. Italy, and now we have a couple of communities coming up in India, also. When are you coming to Florida? <laughs> well, invite me. I go where I'm invited. <laughs> I'm a cheap ticket. <laughs> you must have
1: mileage, like crazy mileage, Asha. I do have mileage. It's,
0: it's true.
2: <laughs> you, you have to have a lot of mileage with all the traveling that you've done, Asha. You never know what we could put on. You Well, we could talk about this off uh, at another time, uh, but... Uh, you never know what's going to happen in the future where this is going to lead, which leads me to the next question for Ted. Did you have a, a spiritual transformation during the filming?
1: Um, you know, I wish I could say I did, but um, I, I sort of I, I've never really considered myself a spiritual seeker. I mean, I, I live by kind of spiritual principles, and I'm a good, you know, former hippie myself, and. So I, I kind of believe in the interconnectedness of all of us and everything. Uh, so I, I, I guess I'm a little bit spiritual, but I'm, not, but I'm really a storyteller, and I love making movies, and that kind of occupies my entire life, really. Um, so if I had a spiritual transformation, maybe it came from uh, Swami's line in the film where he says, think of God as the highest aspiration with, uh, within you. And that that statement kind of uh really works for me. Um and as far as a transformation in the making of the film, it was really just a revelation about a way of life and a group of people who I've come to be very close to now.
2: But you you don't live within the community?
1: No, I do not. No, I live in Los Angeles.
0: LA LA Ted was Ted Ted I, was Yes, and Ted was the perfect person to do this film. He under he undersells himself a little bit, but <laughs> he he just he always kept an outsider's perspective, um, which was which was really important because, you know, when you're when we were telling our own story, we couldn't even though I do work with the public all the time, so I'm not I'm not uh, I mean with you know I don't I don't live an isolated life, I'm, I'm in in interaction with lots of people, but still Ted could mm-hmm. always tell. Um, whether or not we were communicating, and at the same time he he was able to re- really get what we were trying to do. Um, he he just could understand what the point was of the whole movie on a very subtle level, and it was a, it was a very interesting com- combination. I mean, as soon as as soon as Swami Kriyananda met him, as soon as we all met him, there were several other candidates, but there was no point in talking to anyone else. He was clearly sent by God, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Thank I you, Asha.
2: I, I, I agree with you, Asha, because I could I pick up on his picture uh-huh. that I have on, on the uh, website <laughs> on the link to the show that we have this evening show. I have a picture of you up there, and I have one of you too, Asha. And uh, I could pick up on his aura. Yeah. You know so, what?
1: That's a that's call That's my hair in the sunlight. <laughs> and, and you know, I think that photograph. It's, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's taken by Barbara Bingham, who does a lot of the still photographs at Ananda, and she can make anyone look beatific <laughs> with her photographs. <laughs>
0: but, well, you well, know, I'm going I'm to. We're joking, but actually, I'll be serious for a minute here. Um, you know, Stephanie, this, the making of this film was a very interesting thing. I'll, you know, I'm speaking from the inside of it now. Because, you know, we, we, the collective people of Ananda, which is quite a few hundreds of people, there's about a thousand people who live in all of the Ananda communities all over the world, total. And, you know, it's a lifestyle that, yeah, I've, I've always described it, it, we live simply the way people ought to live. And I don't mean should, like a dogmatic should, but just the way people want to live, which is knowing their neighbors with kindness um, with a, a, just a shared commitment to high values, with a spirituality that is um, the way we live rather than uh, something that we wear on on Sunday mornings or something like that. And the the effect of that life has been really revolutionary on those of us who are living it, and also revolutionary in the sense that a lot of things that people wonder if they could if it could work. It's like Ananda's approved experiment at this point. And partly also the way we made the movie, and this was really, Ted was really attentive to this. We ended up, um, and Roberto Bessi also, we ended up essentially chronicling, uh, through all the different individuals speaking, um, almost all of the essential principles of the way of life that the community follows, so the effect of the movie is that what people really hear are these universal principles that actually they can use wherever they are. Of course, many people will be drawn at least to visit the communities, maybe live there eventually, but that really wasn't the point because it's the principles that matter. Just like Ted was saying, I've, it's been very interesting for me when people watch the film, they'll pull out, you know, just even sometimes just one concept. That really speaks to their heart and then then can become for them a guiding reality and when we were making the movie, that was our our sincere hope and our sincere prayer that we would be able to share in a very broad way something that has been so that something that is so powerfully affected, effective for transforming individual lives.
2: So Asha.
0: Why not share with our audience, our
2: listeners, some of the principles?
0: Well, the first, the first principle is that we are part of a, a greater reality. And that greater reality is the natural world, nature. That greater reality is our heart connection with other human beings. And that greater reality is something higher in our own nature, um, we comfortably call that God, but not everybody's comfortable with that, but that's that's how we feel it, that there is a divine reality all around us, and that the secret of finding happiness is to see ourselves in the proper context. And then the next principle would be which is to to live more simply, more simply with being nurtured by your relationship to that greater reality and not always frantically trying to find satisfaction from a, an ever-changing parade of, of externals. Um, whether it's, you know, people are spending too much, people are, 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 are always looking outside themselves, and it's not working very well. So then, I let me
2: ask you this. Let me yeah. interrupt you, please,
0: so I no. can
2: get a, get a feel. So, going back to living in the community and not uh-huh. spending much, and 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 and, do you sh- do you all eat together? Or do, do you have your own family? You eat in your own home, or is it a community type eating where
0: breakfast, lunch, and dinner is all together? Um, in most of our communities, uh, Swami Kriyananda um, was was really a very practical man, and he realized that what we were more interested in was interchange rather than social experiment. So he, he he always thought it was better to just let people live in the way that they were most most accustomed to, which is people like privacy, families like to have their own homes. People like, are accustomed to working for money. So we never created anything unusual in that respect. I mean, sometimes people have shared houses, but mostly families live in their own homes with their own kitchens. Uh, but but we live in close neighborhoods. Um, we, we we know all of our neighbors. In our little Palo Alto community, we actually have a, a an apartment complex. But the people in all the apartments around me are my, my closest friends. And whenever I step outside, I'm like still in my own home and not among strangers or people that I don't know or trust. But um, we often have community meals, but not always. So people can have the choice of whether or not they want to be private or they want to be in a social situation. People are in charge of their own money. If you work in most of the people, it depends on which community you live in. In our community in Palo Alto, many people just still hold their basic Silicon Valley career jobs but they come back to the community and you know their home their home life is this shared life we meditate together um it then the cooperation and the communal living uh, comes spontaneously out of a desire to be together
2: and a desire
0: yeah it's like the best of it's the best of both worlds well it's it's a sensible model that's that's why we've been so keen to share this movie, because it's a very sensible model. It, it, it takes human nature as it is and moves it forward in a way that most people can take the step and doesn't imagine that, that a new form is going to change people. Let's change people first, and then really any form will work. And I so, have to add to, yeah. yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say I have to add to that the practice of meditation which is really a fundamental key to what makes Ananda what it is. It, it, and, you know, not everybody meditates a lot, and not everybody meditates all that well, but what meditation represents is a sincere desire to be inwardly in harmony and to relate to the world and each other from, uh, from inward harmony rather than trying to make other people make us happy. Ted,
2: you know what my vision is right now. What? My vision is Ted Nicolaou going out and and doing this in other countries, filming and putting this putting a film together like this for other countries because that's what we need in this world today. We we the way we we're there's just too much hatred. There's too much. Uh, Fighting, too much turmoil. It, 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 people talk about other people and, and, and what's going on between the Palestinians and the Israelis and the Iraqis and the Iranians. This needs to get out worldwide.
1: Yeah, I think. Um... You know, I think a lot of the world's troubles are kind of rooted in religion and religious kind of uh, strife and intolerance. And uh, that brings up something that's also very interesting to me in the Ananda philosophy, which is it's uh, spirituality, not religiosity. And maybe Asha could talk about that a little bit, too, what spirituality is versus religion. That, well, that's
2: a, That's powerful, yes.
0: religion. Asha? Religion is is tends to be about a form it tends to be dogmas it tends to be rituals it tends to be i am a so and so and we believe and we believe this and you believe that and if we're broad-minded we tolerate each other but we know that we both we all live in our separate boxes spirituality is who you are in your heart and and we we all as human beings understand what it is to be happy and we understand what a good heart is we understand compassion we understand the ability to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and really you know have empathy for his reality and that's that's where spiritual what spirituality is about and all religions are attempting to be spiritual but not not all religions are spiritual so if you just start with the spiritual then all of the conflict just goes away um the the very well, principle you, how, how do uh-huh,
2: you how ahead. do you get how do you how do you teach those who do who don't feel or resonate with spirit how do you teach them to go into their heart because th- there is so much hatred in this world today it's changing It is changing. People are vibrating at a different level. They are resonating higher, but it's a slow process. So my question is, how do we reach other people, other cultures, where the hatred, it it goes since childhood, so when they're kids, they teach uh, the the children
0: to hate? Well, you know, you have to go back to the question is who's in charge of this planet and you know what is possible i i'm th- this planet is a is a learning zone and it's never going to be heaven on earth it's always going to be earth um and there will always be at this particular stage on this particular planet there will be less um less enlightened souls who are going to be acting out their less enlightened ways against each other simultaneously there's a uh, i mean we're we're in a time of of enormous contrast because there also is this wave of enlightenment that's coming onto the planet and many people are tuning into the light um at the same time that other people are tuning more and more into the darkness it's a it's a very insecure time that we're living in but the power of the light um is eternal the power of the darkness is temporary darkness is just the absence of light so we have to work with those who are receptive but but the the society has always been changed and Swami Kriyananda talks about this in the movie a few people with a great commitment and great belief in what they're doing can have an effect all out of proportion to their numbers Because that kind of of commitment and that kind of clarity of effort is not common. And as Swamiji says in the movie, society kind of cancels itself out, good and bad. And a few people with a strong commitment, which is, we are a few people, but we do have a strong commitment. And I think we you can only um, help people who are receptive to what you have to offer. So you you really can't go to a place where people really hate each other and just tell them not to. You have to find what they will respond to and then try to move them forward from there. A lot of psychology a lot well it's it's more it's more subtle even than psychology. It has to do with actual soul evolution, like well, where is each individual in the progression of their own soul journey? Um, you know, toward the light. Where are they on that journey and what is their next step? You you can only get there from here and wherever here is for a person, they have to take their next step. And even if you want them to take a step that's a league away, they can't do it. They have to just move step by step. And we tend to help, we tend to stand where we are and turn back and help the people who are standing right behind us. And that's, And then we turn forward and the person right next to us helps us. So uh, have you ever
2: had uh, people uh, come into the community that were
0: not receptive? Oh yes, but they don't stay because the vibe just doesn't match them. You know they well. I mean, I I have we have to run this temple here in in the Palo Alto area, and I mean people walk into it and it's, it's like there's nothing happening there as far as they can see. It's like it's almost as like even if the room is full of people, they feel like the room is empty because they just can't, they don't feel the vibe. It's too subtle for them. And they just come and they go. It, it's mm-hmm. a very, the whole community is, we don't have to work really hard to keep people out, because <laughs> the only people who want to be in are the ones that, who are in tune with it.
2: That's cute. That really is cute. Uh, you know, all the travels I've done uh, in 2010, 2011, I must have been in Palo Alto every other month, uh, and I did Yes, and if I would have known you were there, I would have been in the temple. But I had no idea. Next time. Yes, definitely, definitely. So Uh I I was going to ask you, um, so the community that you live in, in Palo Alto,
0: Uh how many people Uh are there? Um, We have about 70 people living in the community, and our temple serves maybe four or five hundred in a kind of moving parade. We rarely have that many people in the room at the same time. It's more like, you know, uh, one to two hundred in the room at the same time, but a lot of people come in and out. And we we offer ongoing spiritual activities. We offer a huge curriculum of classes. And nowadays, because of the Internet, everything, everything that I do I, is recorded or videoed and posted on the Internet. So I'm... I'm serving in 70 countries just sitting in my own living room right now. It's just marvelous the way it all works. Well, this, this show
2: will be archived,
0: and the yeah, link that right. you have to this show you can use. So,
2: so why don't you tell us what you do? Go into depth as to what you do so other people can tap into it, and they can listen to you from when you were in your comfort of your living room and you are giving your spiritual lessons?
0: Um, Well, I became a, a disciple, really, of Swami Kriyananda in my early 20s. And Kriyananda himself is a disciple of Paramhansa Yogananda. Yogananda wrote the book, Autobiography of a Yogi. Many of your listeners may know it because usually if a person steps outside of mainstream spirituality, they find that book. Yogananda was a teacher from India he lived in America until 1952 Kriyananda who also just passed this last year was 22 when he met Yogananda in 1948 Yogananda came to America he was one of the first indian teachers to really he was he was the beginning of this east west unity and he came with a, a particular message and this is the same message that i carry because i'm i'm representing him this is not my own teaching and that, that principle is that the divine dwells within us, that the nature of divinity is bliss, is happiness, that the purpose of life is to experience that, and that there are, are specific and definite things we can do that are natural and simple that bring us closer to that bliss. In fact, Yogananda said it really simply, people have two reasons for everything that they do, they either are trying to get away from suffering or they're trying to get more of happiness. And all of life really just boils down to that. So then what I've done for all these now almost 40 years is I I study meditation. I teach people how to meditate. Many people have trouble meditating because they don't know how. So you teach them how. But we also teach people how to orient themselves in a positive direction toward their own life experiences. That can be on the most uh, direct, you know, here and now level, or we can get really esoteric with that, talking about karma, talking about the chakras, talking about reincarnation, talking about God, talking about, you know, many um, fascinating and very complicated and wonderful ancient ideas. And I teach all of that. Um, I talk about how to get along with your your marriage partner, how to make money, because my whole spiritual life and Ananda's spiritual life has always been in community, and our communities, we've never had a rich patron ever, and we've just made it, we've had to make it work, just like everybody else's life. We've made it work a dollar and a day at a time, so our spirituality has had to be really grounded. It's had to be really about getting along with ourselves, getting along with each other, you know, finding our life partners, raising our kids, earning a living, being a creative artist, and all of that can be done in a way that's happiness-producing and expansive to the soul. And um, that's that's been my work. I've gotten to practice it, and then I've gotten to share it. And um, if you go to my website then what you is just
2: your, find all that. Yeah, well, Asha, Pardon? what is your website so people can tap into you? And also, uh, mm-hmm. people really need to, to see the film Finding Happiness. So please share
0: with our listeners both. Uh, okay. Thank you. Okay, the movie is Finding Happiness, and the website is Finding Happiness Movie. Really straightforward. My name is Asha Praver. That's like prayer, but with a V instead of an, a Y. And my title is actually Naya Swami. It's a little hard to get. N-A-Y-A-S-W-A-M-I. But if you put Asha Praver into Google, you'll find me or Ananda Palo Alto. But my name, Asha Praver, Finding Happiness Movie. All of those will just, in a few seconds, you'll be right where you want to be. Well,
2: thank and you. If- if they just go to Finding Happiness movie, you populate
0: in there too. Yeah, I populate in there too. Every you can find us all anywhere or so is, org. Yeah. And so does TED. Yep. And TED Ted's in there.
2: Yes, TED is in there too. And TED, you, you, your your work was incredible because you were able to take Swami's vision. And with the help of the residents of uh, mostly Asha, you, you did a phenomenal job of bringing it all together into one pe- one masterpiece. It was it, for me, it was a masterpiece.
1: Wow, that's very nice to hear. Yeah, I mean, I I basically kind of tried to stay out of the way of letting people express themselves and not impose too much onto the movie, but we. Pick the shots with our with our director of photography Andy Strayhorn. Pick the shots and the moments of the daylight to shoot to to like make Ananda look as gorgeous as it can. And uh, then really, it was a matter of the people of Ananda. The the thing that that helped us a lot. Everyone there is very highly intelligent and very articulate. So it was only a matter of making people comfortable enough to be in front of a camera, and uh, walk and talk at the same time, which is <laughs> a lot harder than it seems like it's going to be. Um, and, I, I and don't then, think
2: Asha had that problem, though.
1: <laughs> no, Asha Asha's like uh, self-possessed to the nth degree, and uh, I mean, Asha has the most, for me, like one of the most powerful moments in the entire film, her talking about uh, the death of her friend, and that was, I mean, that that's sort of where Asha and I worked together to try to shape the movie so that it would go from skepticism to a little bit of acceptance to, wow, these people are on the edge of a lot of um, thinking, and then to their humanity at the same time and their ability, and, and and just the what it means to be in a community, to have friends, to have life and death occur around you, but with a unique philosophy that that kind of um, that guides you through all of that. It, it, to me, it's a, it was really fascinating. A very, re- really pleasurable film to be a part of.
2: I remember that scene, and I re- it's still in my head, Asha, when you're, you 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 uh, you repeated what your friend said to you. I don't want I'm not ready. I think it was right. Something to uh-huh. that effect. I, this I'm is not, so
1: hard. This is so hard. It, it's so hard,
2: hard, so hard, and because I, the way I took it, and 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 please uh, correct me if I if I did, if my interpretation isn't uh, what it what it is, but I, I interpreted that because she, the happiness that she had within the community, it was very difficult for her to leave her body, not knowing
0: where sp- her
2: spirit was going.
0: It's um, it's probably there. Probably was a lot of truth in that. I hadn't I, honestly. I hadn't exactly thought of it like that. There's a whole um, metaphysical understanding of what happens when we die and how to die, and you know how to f- focus our attention in such a way that our soul can can make the greatest strides toward the light. Is there a very critical? It's a very the transition. Out of your body and into the next stage of life is a very important one and and yes, all the things of this world hold hold you it's a It's a big transition um, and insufficient energy is given to it in our world in our normal society. people just never don't talk about it and um, it it doesn't happen in a, a shared manner, and children are shielded from it, and people are not prepared for it. I was very.
2: Oh, you're so right. You are so right about that. When my grandparents passed, I, I was even kept away from the funerals. Yeah. So when my brother passed at the age of twenty-seven, you can imagine how difficult it was for me going to a funeral for the first time.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it it's just one more sign of we're not living in touch with the greater reality of which we are a part cutting ourselves off from the fact that all lives end in death is a a, a perfect symbol of all the ways in which we are not in harmony um, with the greater reality and to our detriment. It it accounts for a great deal of unhappiness. I mean, naturally people feel lonely. Um, When you cut yourself off from the flow of energy all around you, you would feel lonely. Well, that that was a very poignant uh, segment of the film, and
2: uh, and I remembered it, and that's why I resonated with you because of you have such a high level of compassion, Asha.
0: I'm very touched that you feel that way. I've I have to say honestly. That everything everything good about me came from Swami Kriyananda. You should have seen me before he got a hold of me, <laughs>
2: Well, you were only twenty twenty two when he got a hold of me yeah, you. you're only I, that's only
0: you're only three years older than I am, okay. We're all in the same we're in teds we're all at the same crowd here, yeah, but yes, <clears throat> you know, Swami Kriyananda the the real star of that movie interestingly as we as we talked about he he passed away. April 20th of 2013 just a couple of weeks after the final version of the film was available and and the film scenes with him are are really luminous he he was and is he re, he continues to be so you know one of the great one of the great teachers of our times and his his reputation um I think will grow as it often as often does with spiritual people they are discovered more after they're off the planet but he was a very He was such a, as I I used the word practical once already, he had such a a realistic way of helping people. And he was just so down home himself, just so completely natural and easy to be with. He really made it easy.
2: He made it very easy for Elizabeth uh, to, or Juliet, to interview him. He made it very easy. He guided her through that interview, through his interview. Oh, yeah.
0: Ted, you wanna comment on that about just Juliet and Swami and Elizabeth, how that all worked out?
1: Yeah, yeah, we were enormously fortunate to have Elizabeth Rome on the movie because really when we were casting the part of Juliet, the danger and, and kind of always the challenge of the film was to have a movie that was gonna be Ananda speaking for itself without it seeming like a like a an infomercial. And without uh, an actress who might bring some level of too much skepticism to the to the project, and uh, our casting director called one day and said, "You know what? I have a friend who is perfect for this movie uh, I'd like to introduce you to her and so we met with Elizabeth, and she basically sold us on herself and by saying that she grew up in a, in ashrams with her mother who was uh, uh, into transcendental meditation and that no actress in Hollywood could play this part as well as she could. And she undertook it really as a spiritual journey for herself as well. And she's got the those luminous blue eyes and really keen intelligence and at the same time a gentleness. So she was really key in not only giving the audience somebody to follow through the movie, but also putting all of the all of our cast and people who are non actors at complete ease and feeling like these little scenes which are highly contrived and standing in the sun make them feel like intimate conversations.
2: I, I liked the when she was in the room with Swami And uh, that big beautiful room with all the open windows, and she would oh,
1: the dome, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh my God! That that that's why I said earlier before we came on air. To me, Ananda is is uh, is, is right up there with Mount Shasta in its beauty. It's spectacular.
1: It is kind of staggering when you go there. It's so peaceful and quiet, and the deer are just hanging around and, uh, you know, people living among the natural world around them. And, you know, the you know, I, I live in Los Angeles. You see, luckily, you see maybe six or seven stars at night. And one night we got caught without lights out there, and it was, uh, you know, it's just a magical place. It really is. It,
0: it's very, real. very realistic. It's realistically portrayed too. I mean, it really does look like that. They just pointed the camera. (laughs) They pointed the camera with a lot of uh, forethought and skill, but they really did just
1: a little art direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but they did just point the camera. (laughs) So,
2: Asha, how far is that facility from where from your Palo Alto
0: community? Um, The Ananda community. It's called Ananda Village. It's outside Nevada City, Grass Valley area, and it's four hours from San Francisco.
2: So,
0: so, so it's, it's between it's between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe if you look at a map of, uh, oh, of California. Oh, so
2: if I do the trip that I'm envisioning, I can do mm-hmm. Mount Shasta and Ananda Village in the same because you fly into Sacramento for Mount exactly. Shasta.
0: Exactly. You're an and hour were, and a half. You're an hour and a half from Ananda Village when you land in Sacramento Airport. Awesome. Uh, and we should
1: we should let people know that uh, that. Ananda Village is open to the public and they have a really nice uh, uh, retreat there the Expanding Light Retreat where people can go and learn meditation and yoga and take classes and just wander around freely in this beautiful nature so it, it is a place that's not uh, cloistered it's it's very willing and happy to, to serve people who come from the outside
0: yeah. well
2: I love yoga. I had my yoga class last night, uh, and I'm, I, I enjoy it. it. It does wonders for my body. And I'm first learning to meditate. Believe it or not, I have a difficult time with that, Asha, To be honest, it's difficult for me to quiet
0: my mind. Well, everybody does. I mean, we're just. First of all, we live in such a busy society, and Americans, by nature, are very active people. But a little, a little instruction helps. If you just try to sit down and close your eyes, it generally doesn't go go anywhere. You need a little instruction um, well, to get you going. Well, guided
2: meditation helps me a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you so follow, of- if you follow someone's voice and someone's images, that helps right. a lot for sure.
2: And I'm sure. Well, you have the the right voice for guided meditation. <laughs> very soft, very gentle. So I'm sure you could put me into dreamland. Okay.
1: <laughs> Hopefully you haven't put our audience in the yet. <laughs> no, no. no, 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 no I,
2: I don't think so. This is a very vibrant uh, conversation that we have going on here, uh, and I, I know I'm enjoying it, and I know my audience and my listeners, and I, I know there will be a lot of uh, archives of this show. Excellent.
1: Fantastic.
2: But um, Asha...
0: I'm curious, what about the children in the community? Well, this is a wonderful way of life for children. And, you know, children like to belong to a bigger reality. And until relatively recently, most children grew up in a multi-generational context, and they had many adults and cousins and so on to relate to only in the last, you know, couple of generations have children. Ended up living in these little small nuclear units, as people call it nuclear families, with just so few people to participate in their lives. I mean the expression It takes a village to raise a child is really the truth. The children in our communities and now, because we've been in existence for forty years you know we've we've raised a couple of uh, couple of cycles into adulthood, and the the children. Uh, well, they just simply thrive, especially at Ananda Village where they can live in a very free and natural way. I mean, nowadays children can't even go out to play. But in, in our Ananda community, we have a 1,000 acres, and the children just run around freely. You know, they can go anywhere they want. They go in and out of their neighbors' houses. Everybody is like an aunt and an uncle, and there's always a lot of eyes on the children to make sure that they're You know, well-behaved and well taken care of, and of course safe. And so they grow up, and and many of the children grow up with the same friends from, literally from birth. And so they they come out of this very extended reality of, of caring adults, thoughtful caring adults. They also um, are educated through our education for life schools, living wisdom schools. We call them. The method is education for life, and. It, it takes into account, it's educating the whole person instead of this sort of stilted, um, well, I can get going on education for a long time. It's a big part of, it's a big part of the film to, to bring some sanity and balance back in how we educate children. The way it's described in the film is that most, um, most educational systems are curriculum-centered. But our educational system is child-centered. You start with the child. Who is this person? What do they really need? What are their strengths? What uh, deficiencies have to be made up? And then you work individually and sensitively to develop that whole person. Um, and so all of that for the children, its and in a very real sense, especially in non Village, it's like heaven on earth for those kids when they grow up and go out into the world. And some stay in the community, some go out to other lives, and they really appreciate that they, their upbringing is unique. To say the yeah. least.
2: But you, you answered my question before I was even going to get to it. I was going to ask about the educational system because it did play a very large part in the, in the film. And again, I encourage my listeners to to seek out the film, and they can simply go on... Uh, FindingHappinessTheMovie.com, and they can purchase the DVD,
0: right? Yes, easily. Exactly.
1: And, and also very soon I think it will be streaming through Netflix and iTunes, oh, and that's and, and yeah. an even easier way for people to access the film,
0: ultimately. Right. Those, those uh, play, things are being put in place even as we speak.
2: Excellent. <laughs> so okay.
0: This is definitely a family film. You know where I see
2: this film? Ted, why don't uh-huh. you try to do this? Why don't you get it on Hallmark Channel?
1: Oh, you know what? That's a really good idea. Uh, maybe uh, once it's sort of done its thing in, in on demand, we'll try to okay. do that, because it, you're right, uh, that would be the perfect place for it.
0: Did, and Especially around the holidays.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, just recently, um, just yesterday, in fact, in India, this movie was shown uh, to uh, one of the one of the fine high schools there, about 150 high school students. And uh, Shivani, who's one of the co-producers, uh, was there at the film. She said it was the most enthusiastic and in many ways the most perceptive audience of the movie that she's seen so far. Wow. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And they, and they kept, for an hour and a half, they kept asking questions, and a number of them remarked that, this was like um, a lifesaver for them because as 15- and 16-year-olds, they've been concerned about not wanting a deeply materialistic life but not really understanding there was an alternative and suddenly seeing that there was an alternative.
2: There's an alternative uh-huh. to every- Asha and and Ted, you you don't know what we do here at the clinic, but David and I, we are all about the alternatives to the medical sickness industry Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: we we truly believe that synthetic drugs, synthetic anything is really not good for you, and so we have come up with protocols and products to bypass, if you will, mainstream medicine and work in complement and consortium with mainstream medicine to prevent uh, illness and disease. And we've helped a lot of people. And that's why one of the reasons why I resonated with the movie, because it, you go back to basics. Finding happiness and the community and the communal living is all about the basics of life. And exactly. we're all about the nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drugs, uh, the best pharmacy comes from, god's pharmacy which is plants and herbs mhm mhm
0: very true very true but well, you know it's it's and on this time on the planet what i'm just so impressed with is there's a lot of light rays breaking through and and people are picking up the threads that are the most um that resonate most with their own hearts and are sort of we're all weaving together an alternative uh, uh, an alternative to uh, what has been mainstream until now it, it it's really a the times are changing there's a there's a confluence of energies happening right at the moment where um, you know that the the good is getting better and the bad is getting worse and I sort of feel like the finding happiness the principles of in this movie represented it's like this isn't this is a cohesive or comprehensive alternative way of living that that we have actually been quietly developing out in the woods here for the last 40 years and the timing of this movie is is exactly the timing where these forces are converging um the 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 negative is increasing the positive is increasing but we we need to find a practical way to go forward well i think we we are we in this particular time and space, we are living in a very
2: exciting time because we are part of this evolution. It's a, it's a total new evolution.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I think that's so. We're we're stepping the way Yogananda talks about it. There's a new age on the planet. I mean, people have been talking about that for a long a long time. He's not the only one, but in a in a very long cycle of planetary evolution, we're really shifting into a higher age. The problem is sometimes transitions are not smooth. And one of the problems that as Kriyananda talks about in the film is that I, I don't think it's going to be a smooth transition. I think there's going to be difficulties. You you see uh, uh, violence building and and breaking out in many places. And before I think there will be an establishment of a new harmony, there may be some tough times ahead of us. I mean, just even the financial systems. You know, it's just not. Things are not in good in good health right now.
2: Well, if if we do our job, and uh-huh. if we and if we can uh, get the word out, if we can uh-huh. uh, let people know about such communities as Ananda, as Ananda and the movie Finding Happiness, and then people will start to research for themselves.
0: Exactly. And start
2: themselves on what true happiness is, because in, in, in reality, people, the majority, not all, but the majority of people don't resonate with the word happiness because they don't understand it.
0: Right. It, we're just, we're, we're badly brought up right now. I, I don't just mean children. We're, we're, we've been sold a bill of goods here, and too many people, too many of us have bought it. And just uh, looking in the wrong directions, and I mean you know the wealth of our country is just phenomenal, and the the amount of stuff that we own and the accelerating nature of consumption and is not working very well for the planet or for us, and it'll it's going to correct itself we're just all going there i I very much I very much believe in the power of the light and i have watched the power of the light expanding and we call our retreat the expanding light it's a wonderful name for it because people come there and they feel the potential for expanding light and they you know take that light wherever they're going and we just start radiating it outward and it it even if even if uh, some of the negative possibilities do actually burst forth which i i fear that they will there's that like it's the it's like the natural world where there's a poison there's an antidote nearby it's like at the same time that greed and a certain selfishness is invading too many areas of our life this deep goodness is also awakening and i think when if if the negativity gets too strong it'll there'll be a conflagration perhaps but then the goodness will really have a, a clear field and well, I, I think that's where we're going now.
2: Let's put our energies to the positive.
0: And Absolutely. Put it
2: up to the universe that yeah. we we stay
0: on track in, in bringing forth. It's always individual. Everybody's destiny. Your destiny is really in your own hands and your your today is the result of yesterday and your tomorrow is the result of today. And if it's we always, live
2: it's all it's all, it's all
0: about choice it's it's all about it, choice exactly and, and yeah
2: it, you know we're down to forty five seconds I can't believe this hour just flew by. Okay. So so again for for the listeners of Aging Younger Radio uh, you can tap into Asha by uh, going to the website findinghappinessmovie.com and you can find Asha and Ted and then you can also uh google Asha Praver P R A V A
0: V E R Asha Praver P R A V E R and you'll find me there too
2: and Ted, if, uh, who, if there are people who ever want uh, to find a director for a movie, I, I <laughs> commend you on what you did. You brought the uh, Swami's vision to reality, and you did a beautiful job. So I hope other people find you. I think you're on your own spiritual journey right now, more so than you ever thought.
0: And uh, yeah, that could be. That
2: <laughs> <laughs> that being said, thank you both, thank you both for joining Aging Younger Radio. And we are out of time, so I would like to thank our listeners for listening to us. And, again, this uh, Aging Younger Radio with Ted Nicolau and Asha Praver from Finding Happiness, the movie, and it's findinghappinessthemovie.com. Until next week, God bless you all.
1: It's been a pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you.
0: Thank God you. God bless you, Stephanie.
2: God bless you both.